Alright everybody, what is going on? This is your man L. Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place we can say what you want as long as you got the facts. Today, we got quite a bit to talk about today. So we're just going to jump right into with our word on the street segment. And uh, first things first, I'm going to talk a little bit about Donald Trump and what he's doing uh, to fight illegal immigration. And now it's become an issue of states' rights as well. Now recently, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys may have heard about him finally securing the funding uh, for the border wall, which is on the southern border, uh, which is going to be strictly, you know, taxpayer money. We knew this. We knew Mexico wasn't going to pay, but it sounded all good to talk about in the media and for him to tweet about blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, the American people will have to pay for it. So get ready for that in some way. Uh, but he's also getting gearing up to fight uh, sanctuary cities as well. Now, what a sanctuary city is, is pretty much a haven, a uh, safe haven for undocumented immigrants. They can uh, pretty much live there, work there, uh, and uh, they are safe there from, let's see, federal and uh, possible state oversight in some cases. But again, in the in a lot of these sanctuary cities, the state seems to you know go along with that open policy and don't really have a problem. That's why you'll see multiple sanctuary cities in a couple different states, probably New York uh, and California, more notably possibly florida uh but i'm gonna say more more than likely uh new york and california uh, uh not even texas even though it's a border state uh but definitely uh california for one is it has multiple uh sanctuary cities san francisco being one of them oakland being one of them uh would probably even go on to say berkeley san jose pretty much everywhere in the bay area if i'm not mistaken that that would be my guess if i'm wrong let me know but that that would be my guess there uh very very um sanctuary city friendly in the cali northern california bay area in la as well they have they have uh they have those as well they have a sanctuary city as well so you have that big that big area over there in the los angeles county and all that somewhat acting as uh well it's pretty much a sanctuary city as well so california as a whole is a sanctuary state you can even go out as far as to say that but i don't want to take you too far away uh now like i said a hundred ice off well, 100 border patrol officers will be working with ice from february to may and this is the quote coming from the director of ice matt albans he went on to say the safest thing uh, the safest thing for our officer officers and the public is to have uh is to is to turn these individuals over uh to us when they have them in custody but they refuse to cooperate with us leaving us no choice but to go out and work these cases at large again um they're, what they're saying here, uh, well, according to Matt Albans, and which is to an extent, this is actually true. Uh, now, sanctuary cities do not, they do not work, you know, with the, with ICE and the border and customs agents in order to, you know, rid their city of the, or just to, or to, to keep the process going. They don't have, well, they don't notify the authorities so they're not being properly handed over they're just kind of in i guess you would say some sort of limbo in the u.s just kind of again you know for that individual that undocumented individual he's allowed to live and work within the confines of the city of that city and he's kind of left alone because again the city government and like i said in this in the place of kind of like california more than likely the state government is not all into pursuing uh illegal immigrants uh, and that's when it becomes, that's what the, the issue is. There's more states like that, uh, such as, um, like I said, New York as well, 
possibly even Florida. And I believe what it comes down to is because, well, uh, there's an issue with non-white immigration. I'm going to say it point simple and blank. Not only, you know, do I say that, but Tom, Tom Steyer, Democratic, you know, nominee for, for president, not to say that I'm a vote for, for, but he actually has said the same things recently. It's non-white immigration that has become the true issue here. <clears throat> and let's be honest here. I think, you know, both sides more than likely manipulate the, uh, you know, foreign uh, or undocumented, you know, immigrants, you know, populace in some way or form. So let's not act like, you know, the, the liberals are holier than thou because again, you know, although they are relatively safe within the sanctuary cities, that's pretty much all where there these people are restricted to. And it's not like the these these places and these areas turn around and make it, you know, or give them direct access to citizenship once they're here. They kind of just oh well you can just work and and, and just kind of live undocumentedly uh, undocumented here. But the minute you travel, the minute you try to do anything else, you know, go anywhere outside, you know, you're restricted, you know, and now he's making it, you know, Trump is now with the, the green card laws and certain, you know, birthing laws. You can't, your, your child, if he's born here, if you just so happen to be pregnant or whatever and undocumented, your child is not guaranteed U.S. citizenship. So they're changing the laws in that, in that regard, because again, you you've seen the trend since the 80s where the well the majority of immigration to this country has been from central central america south south america as well but more likely more more along central honduras guatemala of course mexico you got tons of people coming from these countries and again i think it also comes into voting and all that as well because you already know which party they're going to vote for okay well they're where they think they're they're pretty much confined well they're not all confined within the sanctuary cities but you already know politically where they're going to probably vote if they're enticed to vote if they're you know signed up and, and at that point able to vote so it is a voting thing as well you know it's about being able to sway voters this way or that way but I do think that there's an issue with non-white immigration because, again, I don't see any restrictions that's ever been placed on Europeans. I don't see any restrictions that's been placed on uh, certain, well, Saudi Arabians. It was only when, when Donald Trump decided to put the travel ban uh, on uh, certain Islamic countries, it was, it, there, there was a few, a few notable ones that were left off the list. So, again... They're ticky-tack in how they want to address the situation as well. Uh, they want to make it specifically an immigration problem with the southern border states and the southern border countries, I'm sorry, uh, and Central America as well. You know, like I said before, Mexico, so on and so forth. But again, uh, if you look at historically, the, the U.S. has been involved or is part of the reason uh, that a lot of these countries are impoverished now and have a massive influx of immigration because those countries are poor, they were written by drugs and so on and so forth, who created the drug war to make that possible, the U.S. of A. Um, so again, you know, and 
there was a lot of corruption. Now, no, don't get me wrong. There is some corruption amongst the local governments as well. There's a history of that as well. Uh, but there's also exploitation by the U.S. So again, there's there's both of those, and it leads to massive uh, immigration. You're gonna have this this the uh, well, I, people say it's a problem. And again, I you know you you listen to you know some of the some of the you know arguments against it, and you hear well jobs. Well, let's talk about the job. Well, what jobs are they working? What jobs can you really get as an undocumented worker who can't verify his education? You can't really verify who he is at the moment until he's, you know, at least a naturalized U.S. citizen. And that would all be his U.S. information. So, again, you put these people in the conundrum. And, and you know, in a lot of cases, if we're being honest here, uh, a lot of undocumented workers do work in the farming industries, the service industries. And let's keep it real here. Um, There, at times in this country, are where, well, let's just say it like this. Not everybody is looking for farm work. Not everybody is looking for agricultural work. And I mean the actual U.S., I guess, born and raised guy here. We're not lining up to fill those positions. We're not lining up to fill all the positions that they're going to do. We don't agree with the pay. We don't agree with the working hours. You know that, and I know that. So let's not let's not really pretend like they're taking our jobs, quote unquote. If you want a job, you can go ahead and get one. That's pretty much how this is, you know. And sometimes it's harder than others. It's that time is harder, you know, to get a job than other times. I would imagine, but. I worked under all eight years of Obama, so to say that, you know, to say that Donald Trump changed anything for black unemployment, ugh, you know, come on now, let's, let's not play, let's not play stupid here, you know, um, what jobs are they taking, you know, um, we, I mean, this is not to, to short sight them, but we know in, in, when they first get here, we know where a lot of people are working, now, does that mean that they can't get educated? and can't move on in society yes and a lot of them do that and a lot of their children do that so is that the problem is that what we're trying to change is that what we're having an issue with is it the is it the jobs or is the access to uh the same type of life that you say is the american dream is 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 what you describe as the american you know dream and, and being able to provide for your family is that you know restricted of just people that were born here that's a, that's an argument that I don't think I can can side with. I think it should be, again, it should if people you know would like to immigrate here again, they need to be pushed ahead and get given some type of citizenship. I think I think the hoops that they have to go through legitimately to get citizenship in this country is kind of outrageous. I think, and that's why I think city, uh, I think uh, sanctuary cities if they didn't if they didn't want to be such an enemy. They could, they could help in that process of making these people naturalized and giving them, or giving them citizenship. They kind of don't do that. They just kind of let them settle here, and then they just kind of, oh well, you know, you're on your own. That's not, you know, just help them. Just you, at that point, you might as well, if you're gonna do all that, you might as well invest in them becoming becoming citizens and tax them. You might as well just say, okay, we'll sign up. Come on in and sign up in the in the in the building. building. We we'll get all your papers. Bam, you're a U.S. citizen welcome that's what it should that's what i think that should be the purpose of the sanctuary city 
not to just serve as a political tool. And I think that's what it's being used as, honestly. Uh, I think they're just a place where they can just house them. And think about it. I mean, we're housing all these different people. We're trying to bring all these people in. We're trying to, you know, show this off to people. But at the same time, we have homelessness at the highest rate that has ever been. Do we really just want to bring in people who, at least for a while, is not going to be able to contribute in terms of their taxes? That's a large population of people that's not paying taxes. That argument, I do. That argument, I do side with. Because uh, you got a lot of people here not paying no taxes. And again, we need all this infrastructure. Things are crumbling or we need to as, you know, I'm just saying, because with Donald Trump, you know, he's he remember his first year, second year, you know, he started to he took away federal funding to all sanctuary cities. So that's already one thing right there. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a battle between the states and all that and local governments. And it's going to go back and forth. But again, I think there I I don't think the Republicans are entirely wrong. I just think that their method is kind of flawed because I think for a lot of them, it is based in, you know, voting, getting people voting rights and allowing people to establish themselves, uh, you know, independently or possibly, you know, just again, establish, you know, credit lines and, and generational wealth. I think they're trying to control and not just, you know, no, no, I think, yeah, the the real conservative Republicans, I think they are. I think they are trying to con- control who gets the access to quality of life with, with, with situations like this. But again, the Democrats don't help by just allowing people just to be here and soak up certain, you know, privileges either. So I think there's going to have to be some type of common ground and there should be some way that it works. I think, again, the sanctuary cities should help. It should help immigrants become official citizens. I think they should make that investment, and I think the the federal government should fund that. So there's no so there's no so there's no issue here. Just go ahead and allow them to be citizens. Sign them up. Boom, boom, boom. What? Why? I mean, you know, take care of the fees because how? Really? How? How? How expensive? I mean, how much do you need to charge somebody to become a U.S. citizen anyway? Shouldn't you just need to just give them a pamphlet? Say, hey, this is what you got to go through. I mean, now that we had the coronavirus, you know, of course, check for that. I would guess whatever. I'm trying to be a little bit goofy, you know, say a little bit of it. No, don't work. All right. Well, anyways, there's solutions to the problem. I personally have a couple. I mean, I just kind of just share one off the hand, which I mean, it's not that hard. But we got we, we elected people every two or three years. And they just can't get it right. They're too busy arguing about, you know, you know, it's, it's political. Yeah, that's all it is. But let's move on to my second topic here. Uh, of course, last week, we already know uh, in the last couple of weeks with this Kobe Bryant passing, a lot of things is, have been going on and people's feelings. They've been sharing them a lot recently. And, um, okay, of course, we all know about Gail King and her questioning of, of uh, Lisa Leslie, former WNBA great, at the time when the WNBA was actually good. Yep, I went there. Um, you know, so she, you know, of course, it was referring to Mr. Kobe Bryant. And I'm not going to go into the question necessarily, but we're going to talk about some of the, the, the backlash. Social media went up into a war, especially african-american black folk right and i guess it makes sense i mean well in kobe Bryant's sense i get it the man that just passed away has he even had like any type of funeral yet i don't even think so man but you know and 
you know, she asked this question referring to the rape in 2003 or four. And again, my initial thoughts on it was, again, it's a distraction. There's too much other stuff going on. But again, I did think that she was wrong because of timing. And I'll be honest with you, timing is the main reason I thought she was wrong. Again, he hadn't even had, you know, been buried, if I'm not mistaken, or, you know, at least we haven't seen that at the public. We, we don't know. You know, I ain't no telling what they're going to do. I don't know. But I don't I don't know of anything about a funeral just yet. And again, he has so he hasn't really been buried in my mind. I'm just like, damn, you're still, you know, at least when after he's passed, you give it some time, you know, maybe a few months. And then, you, OK, you might ask a question or two that's off, off, the off the beaten path. Because, again, you want to keep it. Again, he was a basketball player. Everybody wants to say he's a great basketball player, you know, on reflection and how he's one of the greatest. And I'm not taking none of that away from him. Uh, but everybody's, you know, more than, you know, in the surface. There's more than meets the eye. There's three dimensions to this. So was she wrong with her question? <sighs> in my honest opinion, and I know this is going to be unpopular for some people. No. But she was wrong, definitely wrong in the timing. She could have waited a few months, maybe even a year or so. You know, let it all die down. The people obviously in their feelings. They, I mean, I'm telling you, it's something about, you know, the celebrities. You know, people die every day. Their family members die. You know, unless it's, unless it's their mama or that, that person that they grew up with. It's, you know, hey, that celebrity dies. Oh, my God. That's just how it is. We have to accept that. So there is some idolatry. There is some celeb worship. Let's just say that for one for what it's worth, because that's how it goes to these extremes in which we come at people. That's that's what that is. When you when you gotta call somebody all out their name, all out the box and say, We're gonna I'm threatened basically when you threatening somebody, that's the worship. That's the idolatry. Okay? Cause I, I, I grew up with Kobe Bryant, yeah, sure. I, you know, like the stuff that he did, but again. I thought the timing was wrong. Her question, mm, six months from now, a year from now, I'd take a stab at asking somebody, why not? And, you know, a, a question comes up is, and I think it's a very beautiful question, honestly, I think it's worth answering too. Why is it that the Gale and why is it that the black journalists or whatever asked those questions? Why this... Why this and that? Why are they trying to bring down? We get to the bringing down the black man in just a little bit. I'll get to that other point in just a second. Well, because for one, like you said, they're black journalists. They're black, you know, that's what they do. The white folks talk about theirs. They've already talked about Harvey Weinstein. They talk about when he's on trial. They talked about his trial. Where you? What are you talking about? I don't, I don't see why we think as a community that we're exempt to talking about what we do. It's not, it's not up to ABC to talk about R. Kelly every day. They got other things to talk about. They don't need to talk about R. Kelly every day. They don't talk about R. Kelly when he goes officially, when he's, when he goes to jail. That's when they, that's when they talk about him. Because he's a, he's a, he's a, he's somewhat of a superstar, which we got to remember. He's, you know. He's been confined in his lane. Is he is he mainstream? Not necessarily. He's big amongst us. Why? Ask yourself that. We get a problem when somebody asks, well, why they cut? Well, let's, let's be real here. Six months from now, hypothetically, or a year from now, 
think about it. You're going to think about Kobe in totality. There's things about him that's not awesome. I'm not going to get all deep into it right now because, again, there's been no funeral. I know, I, I you got to know context. She didn't have no, no concept of context at the time. Gail should have left that question alone at least for, again, some time. Let people get over it. Let people get all off there because they, they, I, they, it's idolatry. They're not gonna come. They're not gonna understand a question like that. That question is too off the beaten path. They're gonna react, you know. They're gonna react, you know, angrily, something like that. You're, how dare you question? Come on, a god at basketball. At basketball, put parentheses. That's how they come on now. That's how y'all carrying it. He ain't, you know, he ain't wasn't all perfect. Okay. Let's not act like, oh, he passed. Listen, let's keep it at that. It's unfortunate he passed away. It's really unfortunate his daughter passed away. And it's unfortunate that other people passed away as well. Let's not forget about them either. I don't know their name, but that's how much the media pushed Kobe Bryant's name on it. Eight other people died, if I'm not mistaken. Come on now. Let's not lose perspective of, of things. Everything comes all and, and and about these black, you know, you know, journalists ask what that's their job. Now she herself, she again, I'm gonna restate, she could have waited a while for that one. She has to wait down the line. Okay. But you're not gonna ask another great Los Angeles basketball player, oh, what do you think about this about Kobe Bryant? Come on, that ain't gonna work. But are black men and women beyond reproach, at least amongst each other, especially amongst each other? No. And we should be the main people asking those questions. Yes, you're right. I think we should be asking those questions before one of them, Katie Couric, asked that. Because Katie Couric is going to ask questions with Kevin, about Kevin Spacey. And she's going to dig into them. That's why. Y'all don't pay, I guess y'all don't pay attention to that. We're not paying attention to that. We just so concerned about what we're saying, and see, we 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 we'll sit there and say that, and have no problem, you know, talking about the, you know, because this has been a trend. And again, I I like some things about you know when we when we come about in society, but then some things I I don't think it we 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 follow it through. And this is an example. This community, the, the African American community, has been very up forth in speaking about at least trying to be open about sexual assault molestation even incest within their own community right why how come it's easy to talk about even your own situation your own personal life and be and have a feeling a negative feeling towards that regular person who did that to you or even was a family member you have those strong and you have those passionate feelings for the situations you hear, for the memes that you see that could be talking about anything online that might describe a certain situation of abuse or some certain whatever. Y'all, I, I see them, but they post them all online. But R. Kelly been doing it for 30 years. And y'all, y'all want to argue why somebody is wrong for talking about it. Not the fact that he's wrong or he's part of that same system. But you mad because our own black journalists want to talk about it? 
Oh, they're bringing the black. No, you know who's bringing them? He brought himself now for messing with his own, his own community. You can sit there and tell them, oh, the parents, they did this, they, no, 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 no. He knew better. Fuck what the parents is talking about. There's laws in this country in this and in states that, that say that you're not supposed to do that. So when you turn around and you say, oh, he's broken the law, he's done that, and you still listen to his music, and you still sell out his concerts, and you got and you mad because you mad because journalists in the field, that's what they're supposed to do, especially when it's about a black situation, a black man, they're black as well, African-American as well. You got a problem with them talking about it? Wow. That says something about us. Not, not, not white people, not the white media. White media had, had nothing to do with it. Yeah, they funded it, but because somebody had an idea to bring it. Who was that? Somebody who wanted to exploit something. Oh, now they want to, you could talk about how they wanted to, to, to exploit R. Kelly and they wasn't getting no money, no more money. But this is where he, his problem came up. He got into it. He started, he, that's how he was operating with them to begin with. If he wasn't paying nobody to begin with to be quiet, then he wouldn't have to worry about it 20, 30 years later when he can't no more. If that's not how he was operating in 1995 and six with Aaliyah, then he wouldn't have to go through it now. But we said, oh no, his music is still good. He's a king of R&B. Let me throw my panties at him. Brothers, let me paint, let me, let me, let me play him while I'm trying to get some panties taken off. That's what happens. And we got the nerve to be mad at Yale. For asking them, for, for, for talking to them, for, for, bringing, for bringing the expose, you don't act like that. You don't, you don't mistreat little, you don't have sex with little girls. And then it don't come out like that. That's what happens. That's what happens. So does he, is he above some type of reproach? Hell no. And black, and black journalists should be the main people and black news outlets should be the main people reporting it. Because that's, it would make sense, Right. We complain all day when it's the white folk doing it. The white folk do it. Uh, then we do it. Oh, that's just, they, they Uncle Tom. Why she ain't say nothing about Harvey Weinstein? Because Katie Kirk and them is doing all that. That's accent. They've been talking about it. What the hell are you talking about? And they don't need to talk about it every day. You don't need to talk about R. Kelly day to, every day, to be honest. But when he fucks up, when we fuck up, we should we should be talking about it. I don't see how we expect anything to change or anything to get better. We don't want to address nothing. We all, we ain't do nothing. We ain't do nothing. We ain't, we like, we still in middle school. We ain't do nothing. I ain't do nothing. Stop all that. That dude, R. Kelly nasty. Michael Jackson was weird. He said it on an on interview, national TV. He lay in the bed with little boys. He ain't got a problem with it. Now, that's not to go and say he was molesting them and all that, but you still should not be in the bed laying with little boys that ain't your kids. You, you come on. Now, if he, if he has some psychological issues where he feel like he didn't grow up, that's where you need to go talk to somebody. 
you need a psychiatrist if you need to go all the way out there or talk to your mother talk to your talk to somebody talk he should have been talking to janet i don't know but to express yourself like that it's weird and it leaves a lot of questions to be opened up i'm sorry you're not gonna get me to buy that He's saying that at the same time, he were because that 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 uh that interview with Martin Bashir came out at the same time. They had all the, the Catholic priests coming out. They was going on trial for molesting little boys. That's not what you say, dude. You don't you don't and first of all, you don't operate like that. I'm sorry. You're not convincing me that it's alright for him to lay in the bed with little boys because he did thriller. I'm not buying it. Yes, the song Slap, he had some real slappers, but he was weird. And I would listen to his music, but if he was still alive, I would not let my children spend too much time with him unless it was supervised. I'm sorry. I don't care what y'all say about that. And I have a right to have that opinion. And people do. We want to, oh, and this is the funny thing. When he was alive, people had no problem with laughing at him. When people dissed him or, or made fun of him on the comedy shows, on, on BET, didn't matter. Didn't matter. Then he passed away. Oh my, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's an idol. See, that's idolatry. Idolatry. That ain't you loving him and he, no, he, no, that's idolatry. You can't see for the, you can't see past the fact that he lay in the bed with a little boy and anything could be going on. I don't know. Hey. But he at least said he lays in the bed with him. That enough? Nah, fam. I don't care about nothing else. That's that's weird enough. I mm -mm. that's you need to, you need some help. I had no problem. And if he would have did something like this, made his own theme park, that's how you should have channeled that interview. You lay in the bed with a little boy. You get you make a theme park. You make a thrill, and then Halloween time coming, you can have a whole thriller theme. And oh man, you you could have did it lit. And still like the little kid wanting to connect with him. But you don't lay in the bed with him. You took it too far. You took it too far. R. Kelly, you took it too far. They're 15, 14 years old. You took it too far. You didn't think to ask for not one ID. And the fact, see, and this is the part that gets to me. This is how we know they're underage. He tells you. Not even that, that far within the damn interview with Gail. He goes, they gave him to me. Who? The parents. Oh, so we know they're underage. And we know that the parents was okay with it. Yeah, they was trying to screw over all, but R. Kelly shouldn't have been messing with no young girls to begin with. Once you accept that and, and say, damn, that's why I can't listen to Step in the Name of Love like that. I can't listen to all, all his songs like that. Every now and again, I might listen to some Ignition and all that, but I ain't, he ain't all in my rotation like that. that. That makes you feel some type of... It made me feel some type of way, dude. I don't, I don't know about y'all. Y'all, we not the same. I hear stuff like that, and I look at people differently. Y'all look at people and still want to listen to their music and want to be cool with them and want to go to their concert. That's a different type of energy. I don't know about all that. I, I'm not cool with that dude. Oh, like, I, again, he ain't in my rotation like that. He, you know, if he come on the Pandora, depending on what song it is, I'll give it a listen to. But I ain't all into that dude like that. Y'all got to be playing. 
I don't think there's this immediate conspiracy. No, I think black, you know, journalists are covering what they're supposed to be covering. That's their expertise should be black folk in black situations and black news. They might as well cover it. Again, for Kobe's situation, I would have waited a few, a little longer, well, a while longer, a little, little long, maybe a year or so, probably max. But you're gonna have to get that some time. But you know, was she? Is she? Does she have a right to ask her questions? Yeah, she does. And was Snoop Dogg wrong for the way he came at her? Yes, he was way over the line. But that's because it's idolatry involved. Not just you love that bit, that person so much as a basketball player. No. Because at the very, I mean, because I, okay, let's say for instance, let's say for instance, uh, let's say for instance, LeBron died, and I'm a big fan of LeBron. If I were to say, you know, LeBron is probably my favorite basketball player currently. Uh, actually, no, he is my favorite basketball player. With no currently none of that, he's pretty much my favorite basketball player. If he dies, and somebody goes and starts asking some type of random question about whatever, you know, ridiculousness. I couldn't, I don't, I don't idolatrize, I don't idolatrize, you know, I don't, I like LeBron James, and I, you know, like what he's done for this community, and I'm really into what he's done as a basketball player, but I don't idolize him, so if somebody I feel would ask him, ask, you know, some, you know, off the wall questions, if he would randomly die like that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't react to that, like that, I might turn that interview off, I might not respect that person who conducted it again, or whatever, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel the need to go to, to go to social media and blast her, blast him or her like that, and just to be like that. That to me is when you show you have some type of idolatry. Sorry, that's idolatry. That's not oh I love him, I'm, I'm a fan. That's taking it way too far. That's I worship dude because I'm a Laker and all that, and it's it's yeah it's beyond all that. You can't do that. I, I wouldn't. Uh, uh, my mama, yeah, <laughs> that's totally different. My mama, my grandma, something like that. My, my pop, something like that. I go, I eat, yeah, I go off. But a basketball player, nah, fam. <laughs> I just want, uh, uh-uh. uh. That's, uh, uh-uh. I can't, I couldn't do it. But anyways, I'm gonna take a quick break. Uh, we went into the deep end on this one, and I figured I would. But I'm gonna take a quick break, and when I come back, I'll be going over uh, the All Star Game over the weekend. We're gonna talk about the festivities there. Of course, we had some controversy, and then uh, we're gonna go over some college, uh, college basketball. Excuse me, some college basketball as well. So I'll be right back, y'all. this up for today and i'm going to get into some basketball first things first we're going to start off with the nba and the all-star weekend uh now first things first they had the skills competition that was the first big event uh the winner of that was bam Adebayo, center slash forward of the heat uh, he would beat out DeMontis Zabonis of Indiana. He also beat out Jason Tatum of Boston Pascal Siakam and also Spencer Dinwiddie of the Nets uh that one I didn't watch, so I don't have too much to give you there. I did uh, get into this Rising Stars Challenge, though. Uh, Team USA getting the win over Team World, 151 to 131. Uh, Zion Williamson, he uh, he had a pretty good performance with 14.7 rebounds. He also had multiple dunks, so you got people excited out their seats. Uh, however, guard Miles Bridges uh, was the MVP with 20 points. 
five rebounds, five assists, and three steals. 13 of those points coming in the third quarter. And, of course, R.J. Barrett uh, was the leading scorer of team, uh, I believe it was Team USA, with 27 points. Moving on in the three-point contest, shooting guard Buddy Hill to Sacramento beats out Devin Booker uh, 27 to 26 in the final round. They needed to shoot 108 uh, three-pointers amongst the both of them. So a uh, really close competition. Of course, Damian Lillard uh, missed out on this competition as well as an all-star game because I believe it was a growing injury. Uh, as, re as recently as today, head coach Terry Stott to the Blazers uh, released a statement that he's not even too sure uh, how much longer Dame will need. And I'm pretty much paraphrasing there, uh, but there's no clear timetable Hopefully, at some sometime near the end of the week, if we're looking at where they're at in the standings, they are at ninth place, I believe, right now. I believe six games below 500, and at 20, I believe that record is 25 and 31. And then I believe they're also near though. If they're not, if they're if they're not tied, then they're very close to the AFC, the AFC the team though. That's the thing. So, uh, very difficult stretch now that you don't now that we don't have uh, the uh, Dame. So uh, it's gonna be interesting to see. Uh, how they hold up through the course of the week. Because like I said, if they're not uh, tied up for the eighth place spot, then they're close to it. They're also four games right below 500. So getting to, getting to 500 would definitely help. Uh, let's move on to the dunk contest. Aaron Gordon, of course, was robbed in the final round. He was beat out, of course, by Derrick Jones of Miami, 47 to 50. Uh, again, I think there's really a lot of inconsistency in the way uh, judges are, you know, doing this. Uh, I've seen, um, I've seen people, I've seen players do uh, just about the same dunk, the same amount, the same dunk as uh, Aaron Aaron Gordon, just not the same flair uh, that he can add to it. None of the the same, you know, just mechanics, and they'll get a perfect perfect score. Uh, Aaron Gordon is is elevating. He's getting high. He jumped over Taco Fall, and if I'm not mistaken, that's not that's the tallest player in the league currently. So for the league to at seven eleven, yeah, he's a he's seven eleven. Yeah, I think that's his height, seven feet eleven. Yeah, so like you know, the league is just being disrespectful. They don't want to give you know Aaron Gordon no love. I mean, it could it, it wouldn't even it would have even made sense if it was like a Chicago player involved, you know, in the final round, and it was some hometown. Cooking, of course, you had, you know, Chance the Rapper there and Jennifer Hudson. You had Chicago representing. So it would have, I mean, hey, whatever, you know, because I don't think they had a, a player in the All-Star game. So I kind of would have got that. But no, again, Aaron Gordon got robbed and I don't like it. It just sucks. You know, just one of those things that I don't like about the NBA. This, and this sticks in my cross sometimes. Uh, moving on to the actual All-Star game, uh, the most important thing aside from the you know the new formula that they wanted to implement, I didn't pay attention to none of that. The most important thing, though, was Team LeBron got the win over Team Giannis, uh, 157 and 155 with the final score here. Uh, Team LeBron, of course, uh, LeBron James had 23 points, five rebounds, and six assists. Uh, Chris Paul would also have 23 points and six assists as well. And Kawhi, uh, he was the game's MVP, aka the Kobe Bryant uh, Award winner. Uh, I believe that's what they call it, the Kobe Bryant Award for the MVP, something like that. He had 30 points, seven rebounds, and four assists. And uh, for Team Giannis, uh, 
of course, uh, Antetokounmpo will lead the way. 25 points, 11 rebounds from him and 4 assists as well. Uh, however, uh, he did play some great... Uh, he played some pretty good defense in the fourth quarter, uh, but he didn't even take a shot in the fourth quarter. So, um, again, you'll hear the media try to tell you, oh, it was a great game defensively, so much defensive intensity. Not if you've given up basically 300 points. So, um, I didn't see that. I, again, I know what the media is going to try to say. That's their narrative. Again, I'm not buying it. Um, yeah, over 300 points. That That is not no defense. That's just excitement. That's offense and offense. And, you know, holding to the last basket. Uh, by the way, for Team Giannis, uh, we have Joel Embiid. Uh, 20, uh, 22 points and 10 rebounds from him. So he got a double-double. But, again, uh, it came down to some free throws, if I'm not mistaken, Anthony Davis. And, uh that was it, you know, it was a kind of, you know, somber ending uh, just because, you know, it was a free, a free throw and uh, he missed one. So, you know, again, it, there was a chance he could have missed the second one. But then I think with the clock, with the clock was looking at, it, it was over, you know. So it was, you know, game over and uh, a little bit anticlimactic because, again, with all the drama with Aaron Gordon, I believe. But again, LeBron looks good again. You know, he's on a winning team, and we'll see what the, the rest of the year holds because, again, we're at the halfway point. So let's uh, let's hope everybody a speedy. I guess, you know, if your team is in the in the playoffs, I wish your team luck to make it. If you're on the outside looking in like my team, you know, we're not so far away. Maybe something can happen. But, you know, let's move on. <laughs> let's get to some college basketball. We're going to go through the top 25, uh, the newest top 25 for the week. And uh, we have a couple newbies here. Uh, one of them, they've been on the on the top 25 once this year. Uh, kind of fell out of favor. Again, they were losing some games. But here they are back at number 25. 25, we have Ohio State. They're currently 17-8. and eight. They're coming off two wins two wins in a row, excuse me. Uh, one of them is at home. Actually, both of them are at home. Uh, the first one is 72 to 66 versus Rutgers and also 68 to 52 versus Purdue. Uh, they are currently, uh, they have a, actually, they do have a big game this Thursday. However, they're going to number 20, Iowa. Uh, that will be a big game on the road for them. They are currently eight and eight in the Big Ten. So that, that'll be a, a game that'll push them into the right direction in that, uh, in that, realm as well uh however they are suffering well they have a few players that are suffering some significant injuries and they will be missing some time possibly this week we got four kyle young guard luther muhammad and also the other guard dj carton uh they're still dealing with various injuries amongst them however the bug guy the buckeyes excuse me are currently 12th in the nation in defense uh they only give up 61.4 points a game and they are also 30th in defensive rating with a 91.9 uh, number there at number 24 we have uh, Arizona at 18 and 7 at number 23 we have BYU at 21 and 7 uh, they are currently second in the West Coast Conference with a 10 and 3 conference record uh, they're coming off six straight wins and their senior forward Yoeli Childs is a leading scorer for them with 20 points a game he's also got 8.4 rebounds as well as 2.4 assists he's averaging and he's all doing that on 59% shooting moving on we have number 22 Houston at 20 and 6 at number 21 we have Butler at 19 and 7 we have Iowa here at number 20 at 18 and 8 
At number 19, we have Marquette at 17 and 7. At number 18, we have Colorado at 20 and 6. And then at number 17, we have West Virginia. They are 19 and 7. At number 16, we have one of the biggest, bigger drops of the week. Uh, we have uh, Seton Hall here at 18 and 7. Again, at number 16, they've dropped six spots. They've lost two games in a row. Uh, most notably, uh, they lost to an unranked Providence team on the road, 71 to 76, and then they also lost to, I believe, it's number 15 Creighton. Uh, they lost 82 to 87 to them. Uh, they're having some struggles from their top scores. Miles Powell, he's 10th in the nation in scoring at 21.7 points per game, uh, but he went zero and well, he went zero for five in the first half in the loss of Providence, and we, he would, but he would score 27, but that would be on nine or 20 shooting. From a so a very difficult night from him, and then uh, in the Creighton loss, he would go three for 16 total, and he would just have 12 points. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we're gonna move on to number 15. We have number we have Creighton. Uh, Creighton is 27. Uh, they had a victory tonight. Uh, they are this is their highest ranking in the poll in three years, and they've wrote they've risen eight spots since last week. They have three wins in a row. They are 14 and one at home, five and four away from home, uh, and they're. Freshman Sharif Mitchell returned after missing four games with a heel injury. Uh, he scored a, a career high 11 points. He also had a steal in that return last week. Uh, let's move on to number 14, where we got Oregon. Uh, Oregon is 20 and six. Uh, up at number 13, we have Auburn. They're on the rise somewhat. They are 22 and three. At number 12, we have Villanova at 19 and six. At number 11, we have Louisville. They've taken a significant drop as well. They dropped six. They've also dropped six spots. Uh, they're coming off back-to-back -back losses on the road. Uh, one of them being at Georgia Tech, who is unranked, 58 to 64, and also at Clemson, 62 to 77. And again, uh, the judges and the, the the you know the voting panel they do not like roll they do not like losses to unranked teams. That is why they dropped significantly. They don't they don't like that. Uh, however, uh, Louisville will be trying to get back in the game. Uh, they are averaging 74.8 points a game, so they'll be relying on that offense. Uh, they are also 25th in offense in their offensive rating with a 110.3 uh, number there. At number 10, we have uh, now we're in the top 10. At number 10, we have Kentucky, who is 21 and five. They have a uh, I believe a win. Yep, they're coming off a win tonight against LSU. At number at number nine we have Penn State at 20 and six they are coming off of just a recent loss however uh, but they have they have risen up four spots since last week they are second in the Big Ten with a 10 and five conference record uh, they did have eight wins in a row coming into I believe it was either I think it's tonight uh, where they would have eight well they had eight wins in a row coming up into that loss tonight uh, and that last win was 77 to 61 against Northwestern we're talking about a little bit about that loss uh, tonight actually it was tonight and it, it was to Illinois so a Big Ten loss we will be talking about that in just a little bit at number eight we have Florida State uh, they are 22 and four they have a recent victory as well so does Maryland at 22 and four they are number seven at number six we have Duke they are 22 and three at number five we have Dayton here they are 24 and two at number four we have San Diego State the unbeaten squad the reason they probably haven't crossed into the top 23 yet or top three excuse is because I believe they play in a weaker conference, so I don't think the judges are really feeling them right now. Uh, the, I think the closer they get to the end of the year, if they're still undefeated, trust me, they'll be at least 
three or two um, at this point. Because um, I don't know. Well, for one, uh, Kansas and Baylor are going to have a big showdown this week. So that that's going to definitely help San Diego uh, move up in the rankings. So at number three, we have Kansas here at 22 and three. I'll talk a little bit about that big matchup with Baylor in just a second. At number two, we have Gonzaga at 26-1. and one. And, of course, at number one, that leaves Baylor. Uh, they are 24-1. and one. They have 23 wins in a row. Uh, they've won as recently as, I believe it was tonight. Uh, we'll go over that in just a second, at least just the final score. Uh, but they have a big game. Like I said, this is going to be this Saturday versus number three, Kansas. So, again, uh, San Diego State is liable to move up. Albeit, if they don't lose to somebody in their conference, I believe, yes, they're in the Mountain West, so they're not in the Power Five conference. So a loss for them would would kind of derail any any type of well, it wouldn't make them a bubble team like somebody on the outside looking in, or possibly that couldn't make the playoffs and nothing like that. But they'll definitely you know tumble a few spots in the rankings. Uh, that's the thing. And the higher in the rankings you are, the better matchup at least in the beginning of the tournament you're liable to get so that's just kind of how it is um again for baylor uh, again they got that big game against kansas on saturday they are f- currently first in the big 12 their conference uh they have a 12 and 0 record there uh they are fifth in total defense in the nation uh with only allowing 58.4 points a game and they are fourth in defensive rating at 87.3 so they can they they don't give up a lot of points. Uh, teams typically do not have good shooting nights against them, and uh, look for that to be look for that pressure to be put on Kansas. Kansas they can score, um, but there's been days there's been you know times where uh, they haven't looked. Well, they've played down to the level of their competition, so uh, they can be they can be beat. Um, Baylor, I haven't seen them lose in a minute. Twenty three straight wins. Something's gonna have to get between one of those teams. Uh, Kansas offense is gonna have is gonna either steamroll or Baylor's defense is gonna snuff them out. That's just how it's gonna be. Um, let's get you guys up to date on some top 25 scores before I let you go. Um, starting off with Monday, uh, the big game was uh, Kansas and Iowa State. Kansas was able to get the win in that one, of course, maintaining that number three position right now. Uh, they move up to 23-3, and three, of course, with a win over Iowa State. Like I said, 91-71. Iowa State is 11-15. Uh, the, the leading score uh, for the, the Jayhawks, excuse me, was tw- uh, was Devin Dotson, the guard. He had 29 points and three rebounds. Uh, you also got a decent game uh, from Ford Udeka Azubuki. Uh, he had 13.7 rebounds and two assists. And, of course, he's going to probably be a factor uh, in that um in that Baylor game, getting extra possessions on the boards, uh, you know, defending at some point probably under the rim. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, definitely Azubuki. Uh, look out for him at the forward position uh, for Kansas. He's going to be an X factor in Saturday's game. Just thinking about it now. Uh, but in that game, it was a pretty easy game for Kansas. Again, they shot lights out uh, pretty much 50% from the field, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, overwhelming rebound uh, advantage for them. And uh, Iowa State pretty much turned the ball over, and it doesn't it, – Turning the ball over multiple times does not help. Uh, let's move on to today's action. Of course, like I said, 
Uh, Penn State will suffer an upset loss tonight against Illinois. The Fighting Illini will win this one 62-56. to uh, Currently, Illinois is 17-9. Of course, Penn State is now 20-6. For Illinois, they were led by guard Ayo Dosunmu. He would have 24 points and 4 rebounds in center Kofi Cockburn would have 14 points and seven seven rebounds. That's an interesting last name. Let's just move on. For Penn State, we got forward Lamar Stevens with 13 points and nine rebounds, and guard Isaiah Rockington, 10 points and two assists for him coming off the bench. A couple takeaways from this one: uh, Illinois shot well, shot better from the field, 44% uh, from them compared to Penn State's 36%. Uh, Illinois also led in rebounds, uh, 44, 43 to 34 overall, and then also on the offensive end, 14 to 11. So they were able to get a few extra chance, extra point opportunities as well. And in uh, between them, they had 32 total fouls, so it was very physical, of course. That's how conference games tend to be. And uh, both of these teams at this point kind of seem to be evenly matched. So not too surprised there. And also it looked like Illinois had a slight edge at the free throw percentage as well, just in terms of their percentage and how many shots they were able to make. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, we got number 17, West Virginia, West Virginia, excuse me, getting the easy win over Oklahoma State, 65 to 47. We got number eight, Florida State, getting the win over Pittsburgh, 82 uh, to 67 is the final score. Number seven, Maryland uh, got a win, a Big Ten win over Northwestern, 76 to 67. Dayton again uh, maintains that winning streak as well. Uh, they beat out Virginia Commonwealth University. I believe they are in the Atlantic Ten Conference. If I'm if I'm wrong, I'll I'll get back to you. I'll let you know. Uh, currently, Dayton is number five. Of course, uh, they win that one, sixty six to sixty one. Uh, moving on, uh, we got oh the marquee matchup of the night. Two top two top twenty five teams. Creighton and Marquette faced off tonight. Uh, Creighton, number fifteen, gets the win in this one. They are definitely going to move up in the polls. Uh, they move they move on to twenty one and six on the year. Marquette drops to seventeen and eight. Uh, they're going to probably drop. Uh, but the final score in this one was seventy three to sixty five uh, for Creighton. They were led by guard Marcus Zagorowski. He would have seventeen points, five rebounds, and three assists. And guard Tyshawn Alexander would have twenty two points, five rebounds, and four assists. For uh, Marquette, they were led by guard. They were led by guard Sakar Anim. He would have 18 points, three rebounds, and two assists. And Marcus Howard, the other guard for them, would have 13 points, five assists, and four rebounds. Moving on uh, for some more top ten, top ten action, we got number ten Kentucky getting it done. Like I said, in the SEC against LSU, 79 to 76, getting a much needed road win. Oh, and by the way, fun fact for Creighton: this is their third top 25 victory that they got on the road. Meaning not at home. This is their third straight road victory versus a top 25 team this month. So Creighton is definitely looking good coming to uh, March Madness time. Uh, but let's move on to no the last game of the night. Uh, we got a Big 12 matchup between number one Baylor and Oklahoma. Uh, Baylor gets the win in this one pretty easy, 65-54. to 54. All right, y'all, this is a wrap for now. Uh, when I come back, we will be going, well, I'm going to be doing some top 10s this week. I'm... I'm not going to be all into stats too much this week. I'm going to save all that for the weekend. I'm going to give my mind a break, at least my technical mind a break. Uh, for now, I'm going to get into the two top ten lists. I got my top ten favorite 
well, the top 10 best, at least in my opinion, uh, movie th soundtracks. And also got my part two, uh, another another uh, top 10 best video game soundtrack so i'm working on those i'm also later on this week i will again have some yeah i'm gonna have a sports update a news update as well i'll leave the news until friday and then i'll save uh the sports for saturday night of course saturday night uh and saturday in general just tends to be a very good day for college basketball of course you got all the matchups showing up uh this weekend there was a whole bunch of upsets in the college basketball world so saturday is the day i'll save that for my sports and then on friday i'll come at you with some regular news and all that but this week look out for two top tens as well i should be back to you guys i plan to get back to you guys with tomorrow wednesday uh possibly thursday and then of course you got friday and the rest of the week i got two days off friday and saturday uh so we'll see how it goes i'll be working hard to get all that out to you uh but if you're looking to get in touch with me you can hit me on my email on um L, sorry, ljbutler75 at gmail.com. That is eljbutler75 at gmail.com. Once again, that is ljbutler75 at gmail.com. E-L-J-B-U-T-L-E-R-7-5 at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on uh, Facebook at ljmahjani, E-L-J-A-M-A-H. A-D-J-A-N-I. Also, you can hit me up on uh, Instagram at L Jamal, uh, just L Jamal, E-L-J-A-M-A-H. Once again, that is L Jamal, E-A-G-E-L, not no E-A sports, E-L-J-A-M-A-H. I'm getting tired. Sorry. <laughs> just got home from work. Forgive me. Forgive me. Um, also, I have a Facebook page for the show, at Never Out of Bounds. Thank you all for viewing it. I see you. Um, you know, any type of suggestions or uh, any, you know, questions, anything you might want answered, you know, let me know. I got the, that's what we got the, you know, post for. You can post at me. Send me a message on Facebook. I don't know. I got some content there. I'm going to be updating that. Uh, I've been meaning to update that. Just share some more links and share all this, that, and the other. I, give me some time. I work at the same time as doing this. So forgive me yeah yeah <laughs> but you know what it is all right y'all i'm gonna call it a wrap for tonight i'm not gonna keep y'all too much longer uh again if anybody hasn't told you yet i love you peace out one love uh thank you for listening and i will holla at all y'all later